This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now. Unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. I do my hair toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Hello, welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is Stanley Seavers, and he talks to me about his love of Jack Reacher. We cover a lot of the novels themselves. We cover what Stanley thinks about the two films that have been released in the series, and we spend a decent amount of time exploring kind of the idea that is Jack Reacher in film and popular culture of this guy who works outside of the system trying to fix what's broken about it and save the day regardless of what's in his way. So it's a really interesting conversation. I really enjoyed it and definitely scratched a lot of itches that I've had on my mind recently about uh, film and the stories that we tell in general. If you want to see some of Stanley's work, he keeps an excellent professional website at stanleyws.com. You can find a lot of shorts there, as well as some trailers for some other projects that he's worked on, and some music videos. So it's definitely a bit of a jack-of-all-trades, certainly no pun intended, but you can definitely see the way that his uh, brain kind of attacks these stories and takes them in. And he seems to have a pretty good self-awareness of how he's kind of influenced by those stories and what he's putting out into the world. So it was a really joyful conversation, and I hope everyone enjoys it. Uh, Fans of Mr. Reacher and non-fans alike, I think, will find a lot to enjoy about this. If you like this conversation and are looking for more film podcasts to dig into, look no further than fellow Chicago podcast co-op show Cinema Jaw. It's a film podcast where Matt Kay, Ryan the Movie Guy, and Elias Rodriguez talk to authors, musicians, technologists, and a plethora of other interesting people about their take on film. Uh, Matt does a ton for the co-op and does a ton for his own show, so I would love to send some listeners his way. Another show in the Chicago Podcast Co-op is the Nerdalogs Your Stories, and their next live show will be December 17th at 7 o'clock at the Beat Kitchen. You can see a year-end kind of best-of list of uh, all of the people who guessed it on the podcast this year and as voted on by its listeners and members of the Nerdlogs. So it's a really top-notch set of speakers and musicians, so I would encourage people to go check out that show on December 17th and listen to it afterwards if you can't make it live. It's a win-win as far as I'm concerned, as is the joy of Jack Reacher. Total win-win. Right, guys? Enjoy this conversation. Thank you so much to Stanley for chatting with me. It's so interesting how much of a numbers game it seems to be. They Mm -hmm. just have to get in front of people as much as possible. Yeah. And then, you know, you have people like Tom Cruise getting cast as Jack Reacher. Yeah. And what are we all here for? But that dude can make a movie, for sure. I know he's a psychopath, uh, but he can like. Make I mean, a movie. he's a movie star for. A reason. He's a movie star for a reason. Cause... I jumped the gun a little, but <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I mean, that's he. He crushed that movie. Well, the first you one think at least. So? I think the second one was bad. 
<laughs> okay. 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 I thought it was a good uh, analogy for what we've been discussing, but I'll let you set up a little more of your own path on this journey. Okay. But my guest today is Stanley Sievers, and he is going to talk to me about Jack Reacher. Uh, and what's the origin of your interest in Jack Reacher? So the origin of my interest in Jack Reacher is, um, like my whole life, my dad has read books like Tom Clancy, uh, James Patterson, James Patterson, um, all that, like the firm yeah. books like that, that yeah. like the letters are like very thin on the front of the book and <laughs> yes. there's someone walking with a shadow behind them <laughs> into an alley or like, I like to call it dad lit, dad lit. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. And yeah. And that's, and so as I got into reading, my dad would be reading these books and he would just give them to me when he's done. Right. And still, he still ships me books when he's finished with them. That is precious. <laughs> so, so I read whatever books he sends me. Um, but so I got into them because of that. And he would just be like, Hey, you should read this book because I love just thrillers in general. Mm -hmm. My, my bar for a thriller, a movie of any kind is like very low. Uh, <laughs> like I'll watch any, you know, bad Netflix movie that's like, that's like Alpha Force or whatever. <laughs> and it's like Dolph Lundgren now. <laughs> now, yeah, current now. Dolph Lundgren went straight to Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I'll watch it. It's for you. Yeah, it's for, those are like made for me. I will watch. I'm like the the target audience, right? I heard The Accountant is actually okay. The Accountant is actually really good. I've heard that, <laughs> like, from multiple sources. Yeah. Uh, but on paper, you're like, mm, no, no. yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's kind of like how it started. And then I just kept reading them because there's so many, and I started to, like, I, I actually really enjoy them. Like, I mean, I, I know that they're not, like, a great book but it's kind of like this the part of the thing I like about it is that you get the same thing every time interesting I figured that had to be part of it yeah because they're not reinventing no the not at all I mean this every book has the same plot for Jack Reacher <laughs> and you said there's 20 there's like 22 books and they all uh. none of them I don't think have any a title that's longer than three words <laughs> most are like two and it's like I think the longest one is like bad luck and trouble is like the longest. <laughs> the and it's long just because it has a contraction in yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or it's like, where it's like, never go back, one shot. Uh, <laughs> That's what the first two movies are, right? Yeah. Or yeah. the first one one's shot supposed is like, to be yeah. one shot. And then the second one is never go back. Which then, is very funny to me because it just makes me think of Popstar. Like, it might yeah. as well be the thing Popstar is parodying. One shot, never stop never. shooting or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It would be, never stop, never shooting. Yeah, never stop, never stop shooting. Or, I don't know. That's Yeah, that's a movie waiting to happen. Right? Yeah. Uh, that is so funny. Yeah. I thought that as soon as I saw what the title of the second movie was, that it basically sounded like a parody yeah. of itself. Yeah. And that's like, I mean, all the books, they have names like that. And the names are, like, pretty cryptic. Like, one is just called, like, Persuader. And then, like, you find out it's because, like, a shotgun is called Persuader. Oh he, like, ends up, God. he's, like, getting, he's, like, I'll take the Persuader or whatever. Someone oh gives him, like, a choice. God. It would be, like, Men in Black being called the Grasshopper or yeah. whatever his tiny gun <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's the only book that's named after a gun. But, uh... That's encouraging, at least, I guess. Yeah. 
The other ones are like one I the one I most recently finished is called Night School. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh man, he's gonna be at a school right. <laughs> and is gonna be a bad teacher or like right? something like that. But then I found out that when I started reading it, it was like there's a huge terrorist plot, like, you know, underworks, and we need to get a member of the FBI, a CIA, and uh Jack Reacher. <laughs> And they need to bring, they're like, yeah, they got CIA, FBI, and then Jack Reacher because he's like former, he's like former military police. And, you know, he's like, he just has like a rep, you know, like he's like someone you want to get in the mix if you're trying to bring down like these plots, right? Um, so they get all three of these guys in a room and immediately Jack Reacher is like, no, nah, I'm doing my own thing. <laughs> <laughs> They get like a tip in Germany and he's like, I'm going to Germany. And they're like, don't go to Germany. He's like, I'm on the flight now. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I mean the, the book, like the thing about Jack Reacher is he, he like his, the whole, the whole conundrum with Jack Reacher is that he's a military man, but he hates the establishment. Of course. So that's kind of like, that's the, that's the struggle, right? It's like, he's from the military, grew up in the military, but hates being told what to do. And so <laughs> He's, he probably like from reading the books, like they always see like, oh, he should be a general by now, but he just keeps getting demoted because he like punches his like boss in the face or something over a disagreement. <laughs> so he like, he has Had all to these, get out of the military. Yeah. He has all these medals and then they like discharge him. And like the story is like, I don't know if you know, like his story at all. I thought that it was that he was disgraced a little. Yeah. He's like slightly disgraced, but they like, he has all these medals. So he's slightly disgraced. They discharge him, and he's basically a guy that <laughs> that has like a toothbrush, um, a a debit card, an ID. He wears like military fatigues and like a T-shirt, and he doesn't own any other clothing. And he just like gets on buses and goes to different cities. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> which I think I I think this is like secretly one of the reasons why these books do so well with like middle-aged men is because I think it's like this like secret fantasy of like being like no strings attached, like loner, like him against the world. Absolutely. Um, I think that about, well, I saw the trailer for the death wish remake yeah. that they're doing. And I was like, man, this is just every movie, huh? Like yeah, it's yeah. just like a guy who's going to save the world in a hoodie and a handgun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, very much like the good guy with a gun type thing. And you're like, uh, this is like a weird, this is like not like a great trope, but it's like a fantasy world. So, and like somehow I can buy into it for this like fantasy world, you know? I think though that a lot of things are just more dressed up versions of that. Yeah. I mean, basically the whole Marvel universe is, is that, that. Yeah. every superhero I mean SNL in the chance episode did a, a really funny sketch about how uh Bruce they go to Bruce Wayne's house for like a charity function and all the people are really pissed off at Batman because yeah. he's just like <laughs> ravaging their neighborhoods <laughs> yeah, yeah and it's like yes thank you someone finally said it that there's all these just like hard lines drawn of like uh, you know, white male superhero good, uh, right. villain bad. Yeah, I mean, what is Captain America if not good guy with a gun or shield? You Absolutely. Know I mean? Like, that's what he is. Absolutely. So, I mean, I, I think you wonder, like, there's, 
if maybe not, there's like a mirroring, but there's definitely some sort of crossover between like what we see in the movies that everyone wants to watch or what we read, like these books, and then what you see populating everyone's minds or like the culture, you know, like everyone thinks of themselves as the hero of their own movie. Totally. Just waiting for like something's going to happen and I'm going to be here to save the day when it's like when in reality, like you have like no training and you know, like, <laughs> you know, like it's someone's dad is like, you'd be not, terrible under pressure. Yeah. There's like someone's dad is not gonna like, like if you try and fire, like people are like, yeah, I have my pistol with me at all times, just in case it's like, I don't know if you've ever like tried, if you've ever shot a gun, like only once in a shooting range. But yeah. yeah. So I, I mean, I'm from Kentucky, so I've like <laughs> shot guns like, I wouldn't say like all the time, but I have it a lot before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like really, really hard to yeah. hit anything with a, a pistol or like you know. And it's like the the the, I feel like the thoughts that everyone has in their mind about how things are going to go, is so different than the reality. And like, there's never, and if there was to be a crossover. You would never want that to happen anyways. Right. Yeah. So there's no way for anyone to, like, get that reality check. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's a really good way to put it. Because, like, until someone's actually put into that situation, they'll never know. Right. And you don't want them to be put in that situation, but they'll never change their thought process until they are. Well, there was actually one of the uh, performers, one of the openers of the concert in Las Vegas put out a big public statement to that effect. He was like, well, this was, you know, I was absolutely faced with a situation that I thought I would be able to handle. We had all these guns on our bus and we could do literally nothing and everything I thought was wrong. And it was just like, yeah. I'm sorry it took that (laughs) for you to have that realization, but exactly pretty much, yeah. And he openly was too, you know? He was just like, it should not have taken this for me to realize it, but I feel like that's what... Every conversation is now. It's just you can't put it yeah. into someone's actual mentality unless they're faced with a real world situation. Yeah. I think, I mean, I feel like that's for a lot of things, unless you're faced with like the real world situation. In order to get that perspective outside of yourself and like getting the real world's real world, I can't pronounce <laughs> I can't say the world's real world next to each other. But unless you're faced with that, how are you going to get the perspective, you know? But in this case, like, people seeing themselves as the hero of their own movie there's never going to be a point in your life i feel like where it's like you require unless you're like a firefighter and that's like your job saving people's lives but that's like a different story you know sure you're like trained and that's like what your job is like you're not a guy that works at home depot (laughs) you know like (laughs) waiting in the wings you know yeah yeah and there's so much tied up with being ex-military in there, too, I'm sure. Yeah, and I think that's, like, I mean, I love those, like, Jack Reacher books. And that's, I do feel like there is this sort of secret fantasy built in that's, like, oh, man, I would love to be, like, not, you know, I can see where people can buy into it, where they're, like, oh, man, like, because he's, like, this overtrained guy. Everyone always like underestimates him and it's like him and there's five people waiting and it's like some country bumpkin town and they're like, we don't know who you are. And he's like, try me or whatever. Uh, right, right. <laughs> and he just like, he says something that's not really a response to what they say. Yeah, and he just like knocks them all out with one punch. And there's part of you that's like, 
hell yeah, <laughs> I could do that or I want to do that. Right. And so you live vicariously through this person. But the reality, you know, is like, you know, far different, <laughs> I would say. Like at least, I mean, speaking for me, there is no way that I could be effective in any kind of uh, <laughs> combat situation. Combat situation, you know, like I'm a swimmer. Like, I don't. <laughs> there's nothing in my skill set, unless someone tries to rob me in the water. <laughs> I cannot help you. <laughs> well, that's good that you have that separation. Yeah, I feel like self awareness is a really big important thing, yeah. especially when you're talking about this kind of material right when it i'm sure there are people like you said who are reading it and like just give me a chance taking notes <laughs> yeah just put me in coach they're just waiting to get like tapped on the shoulder for some kind of mission or something you know so for you having that self-awareness do you feel like it gives you a level of separation from the stories or do you feel like you're kind of getting insight on people who have more of that thought process? I don't know. I've actually been thinking about that a lot lately um, because, like, as someone who enjoys these, like, movies a lot, there's nothing I love more than a really good, like, revenge movie or, like, vigilante-type movie. I just – it's just, like, I love those stories. Mm -hmm. I think it's also just built into, like, the underdog-type story that – it's, like, a version of that that's, like, a a story that everyone loves, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But – I've been thinking about that a lot lately um, and I like how to separate myself from this, like the fantasy of like the book. It was like, okay, I obviously enjoy this, but I don't like buy it. I don't think, you know, oh man, this is like some secret thing that I could do, but also like maybe is it some like sub subconscious thing that as a human you want to, to feel like, you know, is this just a human nature thing to think that, oh, I'm the hero of my own story. If something like this were to happen, I could handle this and be the hero to like the people around me and the people I know or, or whatever, you know? Or even a, you know, self-defense, like built in. Yes. Yeah. Thinking to help you be more reassured on right. a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> so... I don't know. That's something I'm still like thinking about. I mean, I still, I love the books. I'm going to keep reading them. Like I definitely don't read them. I pretty much was reading them back to back maybe like a year ago. Uh huh. Um, but I've been like slowing down recently. I'm reading the history of a book about the history of the FBI right now. So nice. I'm not like super far off. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Um, that is something that I find really interesting, especially like I was watching that show, the Punisher that just came out. Oh yeah. Which I love. Like the Punisher is my favorite comic book character, but it's like, which tracks, right? Right. It's all, (laughs) yeah, it's all the same. It's all the same. Um, but it's like, especially everything that's going on with the country right now. Um, I don't know. And I feel like the show actually does a good job of commenting on that because basically the message of the show that I got is that the systems that we have in place are broken which is what um, engineers, you know, it basically in the show what happens, like this doesn't, no spoilers or anything, this isn't going to spoil anything, but there's like a veteran, like the show also follows a group of veterans. Some of them knew the Punisher from Afghanistan, and it shows like one of their personal journeys from like trying to find something to do after, you know, getting all this training from the government and basically just getting kicked to the curb 
It's like now trying to live in real life and he ends up, you know, getting involved with like a radical type of movement and the message of the show, that's like a very big, like prominent message of the show is like dealing with veterans in the U.S. That's really interesting. I mean, I think that's hugely in the zeitgeist or maybe even should be more than it is. Yeah. Um, So that's, I think that that's all kind of like wrapped. I've been thinking about this a lot lately, like wrapped up in like, these are the type of movies and books I really like, TV shows. And what does that say? You know, I don't really have, I guess I don't really have the answer, but it's definitely something to think about. Like, I guess a philosophical question I've been thinking about a lot. For sure. Is there anything that's come to mind for you as a creator that you feel like may be lacking in some of those stories? Like something that you think you might be fun to bring to it or a way to kind of subvert it? Um, yeah, I think I think that uh, like with stuff that I'm writing or making, especially – moving forward, like, I know that I love, like, that thriller aspect and especially, like, a revenge story just because I think that 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 kind of, like, story just, like, gives me, like, goosebumps, you know? Like, you want to see somebody achieve against all odds. And I think even in a creative world, too, it's, like, that's something that you want to see for yourself. That's a really interesting point, too. You want to see that reflected. And it's, like, oh, you want to see someone achieve against all odds, especially as someone, like, doing creative stuff. So it's, like, consuming these things like fuels this fire. So I I do feel like, you know, I watch a lot of like bad action movies where it's like somebody against all odds or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like I, it misses, you know, just like some character development stuff or whatever, but you know, a lot of movies miss that stuff anyways, you know, and it's like, (laughs) that's fair. And I'm not going to, it's not exclusive to, there are bad movies in every genre. Yeah. And I like have never made a movie, so I can't speak to like, (laughs) if my movie would be good or not or right, like if, sure. <laughs> you know, so I, I don't know, I guess like philosophically I think about that and I, I do feel like part of it is like maybe even more in like creatives or people that are trying to do things that are seemingly against all odds or it feels like that way sometimes consuming like this media that gives you that sort of like visceral feeling like, yes, like maybe this Jack Reacher like beat up like five people in an alley. But if I keep doing what I'm doing, then, you know, you'll see steps towards the direction I want to go immediately. <laughs> All metaphorically beat up a bunch of people in an alley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting. I never really thought about that, that, like, maybe we have so many underdog stories and lone uh, wolf or whatever uh, you want to house these in kinds of stories because... It's a bunch of creative people trying to work against a creative system that isn't all that good. Right, yeah. (laughs) And it might even be even like this is like taking this kind of more to a high level, but thinking about just the American dream in general, like people that are just against all odds that are, you know, oh, if I work hard and do the things I want, it's going to be really hard, but I can hopefully get to the place I want in this country. Um, And then then it's like you want to see that reflected in the media you're watching so that's why maybe, I don't know, we see all these like lone wolf stories and all that stuff because certainly that's what it can feel like sometimes just in general, you know? Totally. I completely agree. I've been thinking and talking recently about how uh, because that's seemingly such a, you know, bootstraps is such a like Republican ideal yeah. as a party that if you really look at most mainstream film 
they because they reflect that so often, you know, hard work or, uh, you know, a vigilante justice or what, however you want to look at it. So many more mainstream productions are more like pushing more Republican ideals in general, yeah. if you want to keep, you know, drawing lines like that. So I think it's an interesting I totally agree that I, th- I think a lot of that comes from it being what we see as the idea of the American dream. Yeah. And us having such control over uh, the inter- world of entertainment. Yeah. I mean, even watching some dumb movie or about a vigilante or reading a book, it, in a weird way, can give, it gives you like a little bit of hope. It was like, yeah, there's the system that's doing all this stuff. I'm not a part of this system, but working outside of it, I can make my own way, you know? Right. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, I guess, you know, like, uh, I mean, it's like, maybe that's part of why I like that stuff so much. Cause I, you know, I make stuff and I want to do things like creatively in my career, you know, or like quote, quote career. Yeah, you know? sure. Sure. Um, but like, maybe that is why I consume those things because I like that feeling of like, okay, if I just keep like going against all the odds or whatever. Yeah. I really think there's truth of that and a decent dose of self-awareness involved. Uh, do you have specific uh, books or uh, passages that you really find yourself kind of churning over or thinking about more than others? Or do you think they all kind of run together in their uh, similarness? Yeah. I mean, there's one passage or one book that I, I don't remember the name of it, but basically what happens is Jack Reacher finds out that this guy that's the head of a, uh, a recycling plant is like, is taking like blown up vehicles from Afghanistan and then like smuggling drugs in them or something. And like, and I don't know all this stuff, but there's like a, they describe him earlier as the book is having, he's like a, Basically, he's like a guy that looks like Donald Trump, kind of like, and he has like, but he has like really, really soft hands. <laughs> I don't know why he like said that. They it's, say that's it's like a specific thing. He's like, he has really soft hands. Oh my gosh. It's like letting you know that he doesn't work, work hard, you know? Right. <laughs> and so, like, later in the book, like, Jack Reacher like breaks one of his hands, and you're like, yeah. Yeah, you broke his broke tiny, his soft, illegal hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, soft hands. And it got beat by the working man's hand. <laughs> it justice served. <laughs> and that's and that's like I think about that. I just think about the term soft hands. <laughs> right. He's like, I think there was literally a sentence that his that was like, he has soft hands. Because oh those books have gosh. like Lee Child writes in very small um sentences sometimes and really small chapters too yeah yeah the chapters can sometimes be like five or six pages or like 10 or whatever um but some of the like some of the sentences are like the door like or you know (laughs) reach your head headed for the door boom boom like shotgun blast like two guys outside short work of them like that (laughs) i kind of love that that there's just built-in pacing as you're i'm sure it gets so like jacked when you're reading through it and you're reading it and like just reading sentences that are shorter like that you're like yes 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 and it just gets you like so hyped up um but that's like part of how he writes those books i mean he's got it down to a formula now so he knows what works do you think that he writes all of them, or do you think that he has some ghostwriters? I don't know if this is true or not, but I've heard that he does write them, and he just 
locks himself in like a cabin or something and just writes pounds it pounds it out like straight and i'm sure by now he's written so many of them that he pretty much knows the story by heart like he probably doesn't have to like he might do some like beats or whatever right. but he can probably just sit down and bang them out man but like i i've heard that he does write them all wow um but the other thing i don't know if you knew this they're like some of them are in first person and some of them are in third person what yeah <laughs> Why? <laughs> so, so, so some of them, this is one thing that I think about a lot is some of them are in first person. It's like, I went through the door, assessed the situation. Two guys, one, 220 pounds, one, 200. Second one's going to be a little bit of a problem. Looked more trained. Oh and it's like gosh. a guy, if you look at Lee Child, he's like a very skinny man. It's like this guy just riding in a cabin. Like I went through the door. Like, right. it's like him, you know? Just, of course, yeah. Yeah, so I think, sometimes I think, like, when he's writing it, I think about, like, him doing writing it, Writing you know? it, it's that's like, so funny. But it's just odd to me that some of them are in first person, um, which is so strange. Well, the first one I read that was in first person, I was, like, really thrown off. That would be disconcerting, I think. Yeah, but it actually worked. Like, <laughs> it worked kind of well, and you're like, I don't really understand what's going on. I mean, I do have to give him credit because... He manages to keep the thriller aspect of it when you're the person. Like, he doesn't give you any other information. Wow. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. So he'll give you clues, and then you're like, all of it's coming together at the end, and you're like, I've just been the same person the whole time. That's so funny. Uh, So I got, I mean, I got to give him credit. Like, the books are very well structured, they have great story, and, you know, they keep you like reading to the end. they're good <laughs> and for what they are, you know. Uh, so I made the, you know, reference at the top that all I know about Tom Cruise being cast in the films is that my dad specifically, but for I think maybe my mom has read some of them or maybe she like knows enough about them f- from my dad that both of them were very upset at yes. Tom Cruise being cast yes. because describe Jack Reacher as presented in the books. Yeah, so physically. Jack Reacher is I think he's like 6'4" 220 or 250. No, he's like 6'4" 250. Like wide, I guess. Yeah. Like he's like stocky, wide, like pretty built. He's maybe got a little bit of a dad bod, I think. Like, <laughs> but like they don't say that, but I think it's kind of implied. That's all he doesn't like work out and he just eats like eggs and stuff all the time. Right. Like, he only eats breakfast. <laughs> it's yeah. like a, a thing about Jack Reacher. But oh so he, he does not look like Tom Cruise. And I don't think, they don't portray him as like a good looking man in the, they don't say like he was no one in the book has ever said like he's so handsome, you know. Yeah, but whereas if you saw Tom Cruise in person, you would be stunned. Right, you'd yeah. be like, "Good lord, yeah. someone can be that attractive and real." Yeah, and the thing is, <laughs> and Tom Cruise is like, you know, like five six or whatever. Exactly, that's where I'm coming from. It's like he couldn't be a smaller man. Yeah. Basically, it would be like casting Kevin Hart in <laughs> you know a role meant for The Rock or right. something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> And um, the other thing is, like, he he doesn't look like someone that could just whip ass, really. <laughs> Not really. Yeah, I think I think we all associate that with Tom Cruise at this point. Yeah, just be, mostly totally. because of the Mission Impossible Impossible franchise. Yeah, that he is an action star because he's like proven that he can be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. On paper, you know, when you look at 
when you saw him in like risky business and even Top Gun, you're just like this guy. Yeah, exactly. Just like a young, you know, handsome guy. <laughs> yeah. So he's definitely not Jack Reacher for sure, but he does make the first movie pretty good. And Tom Cruise knows how to make an action movie, and like I do, res- I can respect that he does like pretty much all of his own stunts, and he's like what like fifty or something. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he's. I didn't even think about how his age would factor in. Yeah, I'm sure Jack Reacher isn't supposed to be quite that. No, old. No, he's like I think Jack Reacher is in the books somewhere between like thirty three and like thirty nine or like. And it's probably them. one of those things that they leave mysterious. Yeah, and it, some of the books like jump around in time too. Oh, so interesting. So they're not linear. Okay. Um, so you can kind of <laughs> you can kind of read not it. Linear. Yeah, it not linear. Yeah. Might be first person. Might be third yeah. person. <laughs> not linear. They're all vignettes. Title might be a gun. <laughs> yeah, might be <laughs> title might be a gun. Uh, yeah, the stories themselves are vignette. Like each book is a vignette. You yeah, they they take place basically with Jack Reacher comes into a town, sees something wrong happening, tries to avoid it at first, but then it like brings him in, mm-hmm. like draws him in, and then he's like, "Well, I'm in it now. I'm gonna finish this thing." Right. You know? He finishes it, and then he, like, falls in love along the way. And, oh, man, I almost forgot about this. Um, the sex scenes that are written in the Jack Reacher books are so funny. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're oh, that so bad. that sounds miserable. Yeah. Uh, the book is, like, he, he falls in love. There's a sex scene or something, maybe one or two, and then he – the, they're like, we could be together. And he's like, no. And he gets on a bus and goes away. No, I only have a toothbrush and yeah. two cards <laughs> yeah. on my person. Yeah. But so, but the sex scenes are, I, I cannot read them anymore. Because I know, like, I just do and I'm like, okay, I know they're about to, like, have sex. I can't read this paragraph. Really? Because. You just literally skip it. Yeah. And oh, I was reading, that's actually. so that, bad. Yeah. I was reading that, actually, Lee Child hates writing the sex scenes. He's like, I just, like don't like doing them. Like he's like 50 shades of gray writer can like crush those, but I just, I don't like those, but I, it's like part of the he book. He knows you know? he has to do it yeah. for the Reacher story. Yeah. Yeah. For all the Reacher creatures out there. <laughs> and that's what they're called. Yeah. That's a real, oh, yeah. I thought you were making a joke when you said that no. earlier. <laughs> no, 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 that actual fans of Jack Reacher yeah. books call themselves called. Reacher creatures. Yeah. Oh, what a delight. I'm going to try and remember what one of the sex scenes was like, but they're written in the same way that the action scenes are. So he's like, he's like, he, I, her hair brush smells like shampoo or something. And then it's like, we're on the, we're on the bed. Like we get right to it, you know, like her leg over mine, like boom, 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 (laughs) in out, you know? And then it's like, and then it's like them laying down and then they're discussing like, something undercover op or whatever. Right. But it goes, like, pretty quickly. Oh. Like, he doesn't sit in them very long, but they just, like, are done, and I can't read them anymore because <laughs> they're just so bad. They're written in the exact same way as the action ones. Oh, man. That is just fascinating. <laughs> yeah. I I was, like, I almost forgot to – I wanted to, like, talk to you about those because – I was actually trying to look online earlier to see if I could find some, like, passages, um, but I I couldn't, like, find specific passages about them because I thought – I was like, surely there are other people out there Who that have read these. find these as ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't find it on Google, so oh. maybe I'm the only person that thinks these are 
hilarious. Everyone like, else is just getting yes. super. Yes. Yes, Jack Reacher is doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the part I was with. There's got to be someone out there who's reading it for the sex scene. For sure, yeah. For sure. They're just like, oh, yeah, airplane, Germany, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it always kind of comes out of nowhere. It's like someone that he's like working with, like a woman agent or something, and then they just kind of like turn to each other and start like <sighs> doing shit. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> when did this happen? Like there's no like – like flirting really it's just kind of they like get to it that's so funny because i feel like that just goes hand in hand with the rest of the nature of what people are probably getting out of it right taking yeah. away from it yeah is oh yeah i could totally save all these people and make love to that beautiful woman right. at the same time <laughs> right yeah yeah <laughs> they have no concept of courtship <laughs> right yeah they're like yes as soon as i achieve this thing the women will come to me <laughs> yes right <laughs> like, nah <laughs> <laughs> are there love interests in those movies oh also are the movies each both based on one book or uh, kind of try to- i think the first one is based on like a, a couple different ones so the first one is based mostly on one shot which mm-hmm. is like I really like the first movie actually and there's actually there's some really funny parts in it too um, is it Werner Herzog in it yes <laughs> yeah. yeah which is crazy he, yeah I yeah. know I feel like that in and of itself would be is cool. very entertaining <laughs> yeah um, so the first one is like based loosely off one shot uh, which is like there's like a mass shooting that they try to blame on an ex uh, military sniper, but Jack Reacher comes on and like finds out that it's actually the result of this other conspiracy, etc. And then Never Go Back is there's a book called Never Go Back, but the movie is just like I don't I've read both I've read I mean uh, yeah I've read the movie <laughs> uh, I've read the book and I watched the movie and right. I don't really remember anything about either of like the, of like, note besides the stuff up. that I hated yeah. <laughs> So, gotcha. Yeah, and then there are love interests, but they're they're definitely I feel like in the same way that the books are. I mean, you know that he's not going to like end up with. There's not going to be a real relationship. It's just going to end up them like having sex once and then him leaving or whatever. Right. So it's not. You know, there's a love interest, but not really. Right. It's just kind of like that baked in like movie like sex scene that they kind of need to like throw in I don't know do you think that part of Tom Cruise's ability to be able to sell movies like that is just because he's so you know unbalanced that he just comes in with this crazy energy I do think so I mean I've like read a lot about Tom Cruise just because I was like so curious about him because he's like insane. I feel like someone who is as into action and thriller and things like that has to kind of have some sort of relationship with yeah. him as an actor. I mean, he also so one thing I read about him is that he will um he will sit in the editing room and he will also make sure that he gets a say in like the cut at the end cut. Wow. As well. So if he attaches his name to a movie, he like makes sure that I mean he's made so many movies, so I'm sure it's him just being like, Well, I'm not I'm gonna make sure this movie's good. And like with Top Gun, I read that he sat in on every editing like almost every editing session oh just because he's like curious about making movies. Yeah. Um so I think that like him 
like the guy knows how to make a movie. So when he like signs on to these things, I mean, I'm sure there's all kinds of clauses and stuff with his, you know, his whatever package or deal. But, um, I think that that's like, you can sell that movie because he rather, he doesn't look like Jack Reacher, but he can convey that energy, right. That everyone taps into, um, which I think is, I mean, you know, and you also need to get the movie made. So like no one's going to watch someone that it's obviously going to get less views if someone less hot than Tom Cruise. Right. Does it? Right. So I don't know. I mean, if it's like, you know, Army Hammer or someone who's like close to actually being that size. Yeah. Dude. And if you can get Tom Cruise, why would you not get someone? Why would you get someone else? I guess. I think that's probably the biggest thing that it comes down to for most studio decisions is like yeah tom cruise is obviously going to sell a movie right with the exception of a mummy remake for some yeah. reason i actually kind of want to watch it but i've i almost watched it on a plane i heard it was really bad which of didn't course. stop me from watching it right I, it won't stop me from watching it but um it has like a really low rating and i've watched some of the trailers and it, the trailers don't even get me that excited interesting I I heard or read recently that there were they were going to do basically the same treatment for all the Universal monsters, and because oh, that movie bombed so hard, they're like not making any of the others. That sucks. Yeah, I'm like not against remakes in the way like they did the Mummy, but they didn't remake the original Mummy Mummy movie. They just made an, another movie about a mummy. Gotcha. <laughs> you know? But like I've heard the Matrix. It was like is, always billed as a remake of. The first mummy was it not? Was it really? I don't know. That was only ever my understanding of it. Maybe so it maybe was. maybe they just didn't do a good enough job of like separating it from uh, the original movie. Yeah, I don't know why I always a thought that it was a remake. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder because I haven't seen it. It's like two yeah. people talking about a movie they haven't seen. Yeah, <laughs> good audio here. Yes, yes. <laughs> but they're I've heard that they're remaking the Matrix. But with like Michael uh, Michael B. Jordan, which is like if I'm like a huge Matrix nerd, so essentially in the Matrix, like it's like the Matrix has happened hundreds and hundreds or whatever of times. Like the the one is just a reset oh, of the system. So sure. you could potentially do any number of of course the Matrixes and showing it happening a different way. So I'm fine with that. I totally agree with you. I think a lot of people are pissed off about like. The Jumanji remake, for mm. instance, for similar reasons. Because it's like, oh, but my Jumanji was about a board game. But they're making it about a video game. Yeah, it's a different iteration of the same idea. I think that's interesting, too. Like, I would rather see them do that than just, you know, do that Psycho movie with Vince Vaughn where it's just yeah. a shot-for-shot shot remake. Like, who cares? Why would I need to see that? Yeah. But if you're going, especially like you said, if it's already a concept that was built in to have a bunch of iterations. Why not explore what those other iterations yeah. are? Yeah, and, and that's, I mean, just going back to me liking movies like that, I mean, I will watch those movies. I didn't watch the Point Break remake because mm. um, that one is like, I think they pretty much tried to do it like straight up. Right. Um, and Point Break is one of my favorite action movies really? of all time. So like, you just couldn't. Yeah, I just couldn't watch it. But the trailer of that movie, <laughs> after I saw it for the first time, I leaned to my fiance and was like, 
want to go see Extreme Crime Bros. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, <laughs> fucking windsurfing and, yeah. like, all this weird stuff. Like, you wouldn't even know that it's a Point Break remake yeah. as the trailer's rolling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did you – are you a fan of the Triple X movies at all? I, I remember seeing the first one, but I haven't seen anything after yeah, that. I've seen all of them. Um, and I actually rented the newest one on iTunes because I was like so excited to Is see it. Is it still Vin Diesel? Yeah, it's okay. Vin Diesel. Um, it was like Ice Cube once, and then Vin Diesel's back. Oh, um, yeah. Ice Cube was State of the Union. Yeah, State, uh, AAA State of the Union. <laughs> yeah, but the new one is so intense. Um, I loved it. it was, really? It was like, I mean, it was a bad movie. Uh, yeah, but sure. There's like a scene where Vin Diesel and these guys first of all Vin Diesel never runs in any movie that he's in <laughs> everyone shits on Vin Diesel for yeah. like not actually being in that good of shape <laughs> yeah 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 but he's like there's a scene where he's like he's uh he gets his like extreme crew together one of them is a DJ for whatever reason no <laughs> and there's like they're on this island looking for this I guess these whatever the bad guys and there's like a dance party and Vin Diesel's like going through the crowd and then the sniper woman sees like the bad guys and they're like, she's like, I'll take him out. And the DJ's like, I got it. And he like jumps up and knocks the the other DJ off the off the <laughs> off the turntables. <laughs> and he just goes and like plays some like EDM track. And the crowd goes wild, and they like lose Vin Diesel in the crowd oh because the bad, bad guy's like, Where do you go? <laughs> oh like, my god! That's like the only way the DJ guy could have saved him. Ah, uh, and, and he is, but he had to have a G- DJ for, for sure. this mission. <laughs> yeah, and this is like, and this is followed by a scene where Vin Diesel is like f- like about to fight these guys and then he gets somehow gets a motocross bike or like uh no a dirt bike and he oh ends gosh. up like riding the dirt bike into all these guys and like basically punching them with the dirt bike oh sure like revving it yeah he oh like revs it into them god and then he's on the dirt bike and then a bad guy follows him on another dirt bike cuz there's just like two laying around <laughs> and then they go off a cliff like and they're about to go in the water and you're like oh my god and then the dirt bike turns into a, a – uh, it, it no. turns into a water thing. <laughs> no. Like a wave thing that has like – Like a jet ski? A jet ski. It turns into a dirt bike jet ski and they have a chase on the water. <laughs> Both of them turn yes. into water. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's insane. Like I, like I watched it and I had uh. like s- smoked a tiny bit and <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. Into it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. On the water. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh yeah, sometimes movies make me laugh because they'll so in TV they'll so obviously set up a character or a moment, and then you that doesn't fit at the time, and then later on you're like, oh, that's mm-hmm. why the DJ had to be on the team, yeah. or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's always nice when you don't see that writing on the wall quite as <laughs> yeah. cleanly. Yeah. Are there? recurring characters in the Jack Reacher novels? Yes, yeah. So there's um, Agent Neagley, who's a, a woman who is kind of has like a will-they-won't-they they with Reacher. They're like they're like of the same skill level. They used to work together. But um, there's always kind of like, uh, uh, you know, are they going to get together? Are they not? They never do. But all the other women in the books are like, <laughs> are you with her or whatever? Are you like... Uh, you know, are you guys married? And they're always like, no, we're not. And um, but that she's like a recurring character. And then there's another guy that's kind of like Reacher's go-to guy for like 
passports and stuff or like or like kind of like paperwork type stuff. His like queue or something. Yeah, like yeah. And he but he's like he's not like a tech guy. He's kind of just like I think a guy who he just seems like a dad that has friends that work in government still or something. I don't really know what <laughs> he just has a bunch of connections for some reason. Yeah. And then in the book, the night school book that I just read, like Reacher is like, I gotta get my team. And then he gets like Neagley and this other guy and they all go to Germany or whatever. And you're like, why like why are these guys here? Like I don't understand. Uh but those are like the two main recurring characters. There's really not any other ones that I can think of right now, but those do come up quite a bit. I was just curious as to the because you said for the most part they just feel like one another. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what made it night school? Night oh, night school. That's like the oh that it was night school because they were always joking, like they're like, oh, oh, that's why it was called night school. I just remember because um, all of them were like, oh, you're going to a special training, like education program because it's super top secret. Like they were oh. handpicked by the president to do this thing. And like it's like supposed to... men in black style, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like supposed to be they're going to take classes. But <laughs> so if they're asked, like they're supposed to be like, oh, I'm taking classes. So, oh, I see. Yeah, That's all... really sad. Yeah. That was only the like code name. Basically. Yeah. All of Reacher's friends are like, oh, you're going back to school huh, or whatever. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Night school taking classes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he just, uh, yeah, then he does the special team or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why Men in Black is my go-to Which is a great movie. for things, but it's just a really solid action sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> I love Men in Black. It's great. One of my favorite comedy scenes of any movie is in Men in Black when he's like first filling out the application oh, and he yeah. like drags the table. It's so good. It's so good. It's so simple. I will go on YouTube and just watch it because I think it's so funny. And it's like all physical, basically. I've totally watched that outside of watching the movie before. Mm-hmm. I totally have. Yeah. Uh, my One of my favorite lines to quote from movies is in Men in Black, which is, I put my hands on my head <laughs> like this. <laughs> Sugar water. Because it's just so... Oh, my God, yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio <laughs> was just like, I'm making a choice, and it's being made for the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but he kind of like he crushes he's it, so good at it that I can barely watch him in other things. Oh, like really? I never really was. Isn't he on one of the Law and Orders? Uh, I don't know. I never watched those I th- really. I haven't either, and that's why I was gonna <laughs> give the example of like <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna give an example. I feel like most people would know him from the like procedural that he's on, but yeah. I never really watched that, so I only yeah. associate <laughs> him with sugar water. Sugar water. <laughs> yeah. Put the sugar in the water. <laughs> sugar. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't he's know like why. Eating bugs or whatever he did, <laughs> yeah. or he was made of bugs. Yeah, he was remember. a giant bug. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's like it's bug. never super clear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that, I mean, that's like a great film, and that's like one of the movies we were talking earlier about. Oh, what's some you know a movie that you think was missing something? But I feel like that movie didn't mi- wasn't missing anything. Yeah, it really had like a really good relationship between both Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones or whatever. Yeah, and they both have like pretty clear wants, you know, about their characters. They're not just like aimlessly thrown through the plot, you know. Totally. Um, so that's like a movie that's like a very good action movie, but has funny and also has like these good like 
emotional moments. I totally agree with you. If there, <laughs> if there were more movies like that, I would like totally watch them. You know what yeah. I mean? If if you sold a movie to me as like the men in black version of this story or whatever it is, yeah. I'd be like, okay, I'm listening. Yeah. I think that there's like, and then like the accountant we talked about that earlier is a movie that does that really well. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That, that was, I did not watch it. My fiance did. And he was like surprised at how much he liked it. But that was basically what he said too, was just like a pretty simple story, well executed. But he also thought that all of the like emotional payoff worked pretty well for him as well. Yeah. I agree on that. So if you're listening and you're a fan of <laughs> these kinds of action movies, yes. check out The Accountant. Yeah, The Accountant <laughs> is good. Uh, Wheelman on Netflix is oh, good. Oh, I heard that's pretty good as yeah, well. Yeah, I love a good um, chase movie. Um, and it's also a revenge movie type thing. But Wheelman's good. I think uh, we've talked before about The Raid. Yes. How oh, yeah. I love The Raid. incredible The Raid is. Yeah, The Raid is like the physical version. It's just like... Pure fighting yes. against all odds yes. towards the end. Which is a movie I never thought that I would like as much as I did because I'm just really not as action inclined as I am inclined to watch other movies. And as I know, a lot of other people are action inclined. But man, The Raid is a phenomenal movie. Yeah, yeah. I uh, love that movie. Are there other books that you get into that are similar to Jack Reacher, the feel of it? Um, I got into this guy... Uh, oh crap, I forgot his name, but he basically does kind of like these adventure movies where it's like, or adventure stories. Like I read the book about, oh, he's like a huge writer. Um, if I said his name, you would recognize it, but I, I don't remember it, but there's like one where some kind of like Zeppelin or ship had like crashed in the Antarctic and he, and there's like two groups. It's kind of like national treasure, except as a book. And he writes books like that, Cool. which is like kind of a thriller but there's this like historical element and the it's like people racing against time to like get to a certain thing it's or, not dan brown no it's not dan but brown it's like but i've, re- I've read lines, dan brown right? yeah it's along the same lines but it's not as serious as dan brown it's okay. a little bit more like not tongue-in-cheek but like dan brown's very i feel like rigid and like historical but sure. this one is more like they make up the history a little right. bit and like there's a map on the back <laughs> right yeah. yeah yeah so that's one i get into i've just recently got into like nonfiction. like i'm like i've really enjoyed the history of the fbi which is super fascinating especially it seems with like, like it would be. everything that's going on right now um which yeah. is why i actually bought the book because i was like oh i want to like learn more about what's going on good for you <laughs> yeah i one of the biggest things for me is just, like, I was talking to my dad about FEMA, and he was, like, he's a Republican, so he was, like, complaining that it's ineffective and how that stuff should be more outsourced. And I was, like, Dad, there's no FEMA director. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know if there is now, but at the time there was not. I was, like, it's it's not like it's... It's not like it's functioning at its peak yeah. and it's still not working. <laughs> there's no one running it's it. It's that there's no one making it function. It like, yeah. And he's like, oh, uh, <laughs> I guess I didn't know that. And I was just like, yeah, if you – so I feel like so many government bodies right now are just trying – are just like floundering because no one wants to run them. Yeah. I mean, reading the history of the FBI, it's interesting because, first of all, Jager Hoover it was like – insane he's like totally insane but also like really kind of brilliant in a way 
but he is like a lot of infighting in the early days between like other intelligence agencies and the FBI. And it's like the FBI was like pretty corrupt at first when it first came out, like even like before World War One or like around World War One, I, I guess. But it, it's just like really interesting to like, it's like, oh man, these are like government agencies that are not really that old. Like, yeah, yeah. When you said J. Edgar Hoover, I was like, oof, would have thought it had been around for longer than that. Yeah, and it's seriously like that. I mean, he and he was like twenty four when he was like became. I think one like the head of like the radical division is what it was called at the time. That is wild to think about. Yeah, and any twenty four year old being in charge of something that important. I know. And it's just, I also try and think too, like we have all these problems in our country and also, but our country is so, is really like in its infancy kind of, you yeah. know, we're really just getting to the point where our country's like a teenager <laughs> in the span of like the world. Right. Right. Um, On the world calendar or whatever you want right. to call it. Yeah. So that's, it's interesting to think about how like, I mean, and also like we were talking about movies so much like the U S produces so much of like the movie and like TV content that is like watched around the world. And it's like that idea is like the American dream is like what, you know, we've talked about that everyone's like feeding into. It's like, I don't know what that says, you know, like we've all had, it's like, maybe it's a human thing that wants to watch these like underdog stories or maybe it's, I don't know what it is. But it, it, there are definitely times where, especially in the last couple years where I felt like uh, the entertainment industry is doing this job of like selling the idea of what our country is. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting to me that so much of that does seem to be these, like you said, underdog, but also like the death wish, the one guy who's going to save everything and fix everything kind of stories. Yeah. As you've been reading about the FBI, has it made you look back on some things that you've read about in Jack Reacher stories and just been like, wow, that's even more ridiculous than I thought it was? Uh, Actually, no. I think the opposite. Like, really? <laughs> I've Like reading some of the stories about the FBI, what they used to do back in like the first – the Cold War scare, they – like Jagger Hoover was essentially rounding up anyone that was friends with a communist or had like – read a con- like had a communist pamphlet they rounded all these people up and essentially put them in detainment camps in the US and shipped a lot of them overseas Jesus. like deported them with no cause for this and then at the time i think it was like william harding was the president who was like totally corrupt which is like an interesting thing to read about especially what's happening now which like harding's guys kind of like run amok ran amok and were doing whatever they wanted with the FBI and just in general, like blatant, uh, corruption. Um, and then I forget who it was that like, I, uh, president came in, established a new director and like Jager Hoover stayed on in some capacity, but it's like, I mean, you read about these stories of the FBI, literally just breaking into people's houses, kidnapping people, just taking all their stuff. They wiretapped people illegally, constantly um basically there's like one clause that said you could like wiretap something it was very small i think i've heard about that yeah and jager hoover used that as like the political impetus to like do it to everyone he was like wiretapping like judges rooms like jury room everything god and it's like 
Jesus Christ, like this is insane. And it 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 was like, oh my God, this is like this actually is, something he would write about. Yeah, this is like the type of thing that you see in these books. And it's like the system is broken, you know. Wow. Like, and you know, and I'm not like the, one of these people that's like every system is broken, sure. whatever, you know. But obviously, there like every system has its flaws, and so you can kind of see like, especially reading these like how it used to be. You're like, well, it's way better now, even with the flaws it has. But you still see this idea of like the system's broken. I'm going to do it on my own or whatever, which is kind of what Jagger Hoover was doing. He's like, we don't have the resources in place to like stop the enemies of the United States. So I'm going to do whatever I have to do, you know? Right. Right. Man, that is really uh, a lot of food for thought. <laughs> like as you read about the FBI, you're like, uh, this Jack Reacher guy, he's – He's maybe onto something. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's a point where, you know, the FBI is doing all these illegal things and people are saying, wait a second, the FBI is completely acting illegally. What can we do? They're the damn FBI, you know? My goodness. And so you're like, I don't know what to do, you know? Uh, that has to be at least some kind of fuel for Lee Child's process. Oh, I'm sure. He has to be a total, like nut and you know vacuum of information yeah. and stories like that i will say that he does a good job of like not doing these like some of the books i guess have some like typical um he doesn't in and the books that i've read there's not like a very stereotypical type like terrorist type thing it's usually like it, it's really it's like a complicated conspiracy conspiracy that's not just like u.s against you know anyone who's brown you know it's like not that like That's he, good. He actually does like because I, I would, it would be hard for me to like read if it was like so blatantly like, everything. It's like everything was like that. I mean, that's I think goes back to what a lot of the film and TV stuff ends up being. You know, yeah. you read anything from like a Middle Eastern or otherwise brown actor who's just like the only roles I could ever read for were like terrorist number three and right. it gets old as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and he's. Like all the a lot of the Jack Reacher stuff is like systems are broken, so Jack Reacher has to go around them. That's it's like good. The local law enforcement is corrupt, so Jack Reacher is going to take it into his own hands or whatever. Right. So it's kind of like the same system is broken type messaging, you know. Um, which like, and maybe that's another thing that people tap into is they're like, man, I really feel like the system is broken, but like, what can I do? And then they're like seeing this guy like <laughs> beat up like five deputies in a small podunk town and they're like yeah they're corrupt yeah and, you know jack reacher is right because he is beating them up you know and this will fix it long term this will fix it long term <laughs> and when jack reacher leaves the town will be on the straight and narrow right right do you think there's anything that you would definitely be remiss to not mention as part of this conversation hmm i i think that when i tell people a lot that i like those books they laugh and like because it is funny they're like you know they're pretty you bring ridiculous. it up in improv a decent amount yeah, or at least maybe when i was watching a lot of your shows yeah they were on a kick that's one of like several i guess recurring themes that tend to like come up that i just can't stop like yeah for some reason i always if you're that big of a fan of it and i'm always it's in my head you know uh-huh but and i would say like if you enjoy like thrillers at all give one a try uh-huh because they're not like 
I, I'm, I, they're not like a bad book, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like a pretty good thriller. The sex scenes are bad. But if you're interested at all in like government type stuff or like that type of thing, I mean, it's pretty like fantasized, but it's kind of interesting, you know, because I'm I like, I like I said, I'm reading the history of the FBI. Like I'm interested in that type of thing in general. So the books are fantasized, but they are good in their own way. And I would try, suggest someone try reading one. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of jumped on you when you said it usually elicits a laugh. Did you have more to that thought? No, or? I mean, I totally understand. It does elicit gotcha. a laugh. Because gotcha. you see the movies and you know Ian about. Ian is just called Jack Reacher. Yeah. Like, even that, I know when the first movie came out, everyone was making jokes about his name being Reacher. Right, yeah. Like, it's so ripe for parody and silliness. Yeah, there's... There's like, it's, yeah, you're right. There's so much, right. It's so right for parody and silliness, but that's also one of the reasons why it's like, you know, why you watch, it's like you love to hate it, you know? Uh, sure, and sure. Yeah, there's like certain types of movies like that that I like. Like, I love like step up movies, like dance <laughs> movies, because I know what I'm going to get every time. It's the sure. same book. It's the same with like Jack Reacher stuff. I know what sure. I'm going to get. I know that Jack Reacher is going to get him in the end. I There's not going to be some weird twist that like, I don't know. For sure. I'm pretty sure when my dad talks about those books or Jack Reacher in general, nine times out of ten, it's just to say, man, that Jack Reacher is a bad dude. <laughs> like, yeah. he's just bad. He's a like, badass, Yeah, like, he just always is. My dad's kind of a character in and of himself, so I think that's just, like, what he gets out of it. It's like, he's so bad. Man, I just love reading about yeah. what Jack Reacher's going to do. Yeah. There's, like, just so, there's so many, like, great passages where it's like, Jack Reacher has a bat and there's three deputies that are untrained or whatever. He's like, he like calculates how it's going to go down. It's like, take out the big one first. And then he like, I don't know. It's just like, it's bad, but I love it. Like, it's like a train wreck you can't look away from, you know? (laughs) Uh, How do you feel like your love of Jack Reacher has influenced you creatively and kind of in general in your day-to-day life? Um, I think actually while we were talking, when we were talking about like seeing these stories of people like against all odds, you know, like certainly as like, uh, like doing like any kind of comedy stuff or like writing, you know, a lot of in, in general creativity is just like trying and failing and trying and failing and trying and failing and then figuring something else out that was kind of out of nowhere, Yeah, you know, and maybe like, um, so I think that sometimes like reading those stories, at least of people like overcoming odds is like potentially a, 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 a subconscious thing that I get out of it. I love that. Um, which I maybe just figured out while we were talking. <laughs> it, it, uh, not to toot my own horn, but it wouldn't be the first time. I think just giving someone a platform to kind of talk out what it is they like about something so much, just kind of go like, damn, I guess that's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I think maybe that is, you know, it's like the, you get whatever you can as far as like that, that feeling of like, Oh, I'm this, I'm overcoming these odds. Uh, and it's like, you need that. You need to feel that, you know? And like everyone, I, I need that, you know? Sure. Um, so I get it from these books sometimes or these movies and I enjoy the movies, but also like maybe that's also part of what I get out of it. You know, right. it's like just the, the idea of like, you know, people achieving against all odds, you know? <laughs> Do you think that you ever find yourself doing the whole, like, if 
this bus somehow <laughs> broke down or whatever the storyline is. No, I think that like my in my head when I think about that, I think that I would be like a really good like helper Aww. if something <laughs> like I'd be really good at helping the people like right like. I don't know that everyone get over here right, and like, like hide behind this. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think I don't know. I don't. What I have no delusions that I would be able to like stop anything from happening. But I feel like in general, when like a situation like because I've I've had a near death experience before. That's uh, scary. I was on a mega bus that flipped over. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, I just got chills. That's yeah. so scary. <laughs> but I I was like I had like it was like did not affect me at all at first, and I was like totally calm, and then it wasn't until like a week later that I started getting like really panicky, oh you know? Oh my gosh. So I feel like in a, in a situation like that, I would maybe be good at like helping people like get to where they need to go. That's good. Or like sitting in an airport, ex- like an airline exit row, you right. know, like I would totally do that. Right. Yeah. But there's no way that I could ever do anything as far as like st- stopping any kind of serious situation right cool under pressure but not necessarily to a point of heroism yes yes yeah (laughs) that's really funny i felt like i had to ask yeah yeah (laughs) with the nature of everything right totally well thank you so much man this has been a joy yeah it's been great it's definitely made me at least want to watch that first movie yeah the first one's very good crack the books (laughs) Is it doesn't Tyler Perry have something to do with the Jack Reacher movies? Or am I, I no crossing idea. streams? I would love that to be true. Okay, okay. I think I'm thinking of another like dead lit thing that Tyler Perry <laughs> was a part. Oh, he plays Alex Cross. Yes. That's yeah. exactly what I was thinking of. Yeah. Um Alex Cross. No, it's right up there with Jack Reacher as names in Dead Lit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. There you go. Maybe that's your next project. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much, man. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you doing Thanks this. Thanks for having me. I love you, and I mean that. <laughs> Thank you. Baby, how you feeling? This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.